First Day in Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown, and we are back with episode 11 today. And today is Hot Take Wednesday. In today's episode, we are going to be looking at all the upcoming free agents at each offensive position. And I'm going to rank you my top five available free agent at each offensive position. Also give you some honorable mentions for each position. But before we get into all that, I want to hit you guys with some of the latest news and notes from around the NFL. Starting with probably the biggest news, Sean Payton has informed the New Orleans Saints that he is going to resign as head coach. He is resigning. He is done. Um, from the sounds of it, it could be to be you know, he could be doing this to be taking a broadcasting job. A little bit interesting there. Obviously, we've seen other coaches in the past, most notably John Gruden um, was in the Monday night booth for quite some time. Tony Romo had obviously has made a very successful career after stepping away from the football field. Um, it'll be interesting to see if somebody is to lure Sean Payton into a broadcast booth. Does he go the Urban Meyer route and host like a game day, you know, as far as like being as you know, being involved with a kickoff crew, or does he actually want to call games? Does he actually want to do play-by-play for games? It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Um, there's also been a rumor that he could potentially be linked to the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, the Cowboys season ended, you know, not well. The way they lost in the playoff game was inexcusable with the talent they have and the roster they have and the money Jerry Jones has spent on that roster. He's obviously expecting bigger results. So, would he be willing to move on from Mike McCarthy if he could get a guarantee that Sean Payton would take the job? And don't rule out Sean Payton to Dallas. I know it sounds far-fetched, but Sean Payton has a home in Dallas, so he's got ties to the area. And I think if there were any job that Sean Payton would be leaving New Orleans for, it would be Dallas. Dallas is an appealing job. I mean, you have the quarterback, you have the receiving room, you have a solid offensive line. There is good, you know, there's tons of great offensive weapons, and we know Sean Payton's one of the most innovative offensive minds in football. The defense is questionable, but you can fix that. And really, this is the perfect time for Sean Payton to leave New Orleans, as far as New Orleans is a dumpster fire at this point. They don't have a quarterback. They have they don't they don't have a quarterback. Taysom Hill is not an answer at quarterback. Ian Book, I know they spent a sixth round pick on him out of Notre Dame this past year. He clearly was a dumpster fire in his lone start against the Dolphins this year. Trevor Simeon's a decent backup, but you never really want him starting games for you. Um, and they don't have any cap space. They have no cap space to go spend on anybody. They are currently projected to be $66.3 million over the cap, meaning they're going to have to cut some salaries or rework some contracts to be able to get under the cap. And they've got some free agents who are important parts to their team. In the secondary, you see PJ Williams, um, Teron Armstead, their starting left, left tackle. He's a big, big deal. One of the best tackles in football. So, really just going to be tough for New Orleans to be competitive. I could see New Orleans being in a situation where they consider a rebuild. You know, they don't have the quarterback. They have a lot of pieces missing. With Sean Payton gone now, would New Orleans be, you know, interested in a rebuild? I know New Orleans has been competitive for quite a few years, really, ever since Sean Payton got there. Um, You know, but... New Orleans, before Sean Payton, was a bit of a dumpster fire. No coach had had a winning record at New Orleans prior to Sean Payton getting there, and that includes Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka coached the Saints for a little bit in the 90s. So 
could be would they entertain a rebuild if they did you're gonna have guys like you know um, michael thomas the wide receiver come available would alvin kamara be available in trade talks you know would another team be interested in a Taysom Hill? Could another team deploy Taysom Hill the way the Saints have? Um, Saints going to be an interesting situation. The Bears, the Chicago Bears, though, they hired their GM. They filled the GM vacancy, of course, left by Ryan Pace when the Bears gave him his pink slip. So they hire Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles was a finalist for the Giants GM position and the Vikings GM position as well. So he must be pretty well regarded from around the league. Um, He was also a finalist for the Carolina Panthers GM job last year. He, his role prior to getting the uh, general manager job for the Chicago Bears was he was the executive director of player personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, So going to have a good pedigree there when you're working in the front office with a team that has done so well at building the roster like the Chiefs. I mean, when you look at what the Chiefs have done and the success they have, part of why they've had that success is they've knocked it out of the park with draft picks, whether it be Chris Jones nailing Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position, Travis Kelsey they drafted, Tyreek Hill they drafted. You know, they knock it out of the park. You look at just how they rebuilt their line in one off season. You trade for Orlando Brown Jr., you sign Joe Thune to a big contract, and then you draft Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Did an excellent job reworking that. You know, they they build rosters the right way in Kansas City. So Ryan Poles, if he learned anything from his boss Brett Veach, who's the current GM of the Chiefs, could be a very good hire. He's also a very young guy. He's only 37 years old, um, very young for the GM position. And he is being linked. The potential favorite candidate for the head coaching job in Chicago right now is Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell was the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts for three years, went to two playoff appearances with the Colts in three years. Then he was also the head coach of the Detroit Lions for four seasons. And in four years in Detroit, and we all know what a dumpster fire Detroit has been for decades, but in four years with the Detroit Lions, Jim Caldwell had three winning seasons, not just 500 records, but actual winning records in Detroit three times in four years. And he took them to the playoffs twice in four years. That is absurd. That, that would be like winning a Super Bowl with, you know, the Carolina Panthers or something. Getting getting the Lions to the playoffs twice in four years, hats off to Jim Caldwell. I think it would be a slam dunk hire. I think Jim Caldwell would bring structure and discipline to a football team that des- desperately needs it. I would definitely be on board with that hire. But let's get into these rankings of the top free agents at each offensive position. want to give you guys a little caveats here first. First and foremost, we're not ranking the fullbacks because I don't think anyone wants to listen to the ranking of the top five fullbacks. And to be honest, there's not really any fullbacks coming up in free agency that are that appealing. Most teams don't even deploy a fullback you know, religiously anymore. Patrick Ricard is an uh, upcoming free agent. He's the fullback of the Baltimore Ravens. He's had over 500 snaps this year. I expect the Ravens to re-sign him because the Ravens will up their fullbacks. But after that, uh, there's not a single fullback. The only other fullback who has over 150 snaps this season who is coming up in free agency is Jakob Johnson, who is the fullback for the New England Patriots. Um, Jakob's a nice little fullback, um, but... I don't think you really want to hear my takes on the fullback position, but let's start with the quarterback position. The quarterback position has decent market. There's some decent names in here. Um, my, f- I'm going to rank them from five to one. Five, you know, obviously one is the best. So if you're number one, you're the best. Um, 
available. So starting at five, I've got Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor can come into any system and be a nice bridge quarterback. I think he's definitely the high end of the backup position. I could see, you know, a team like, you know, the Carolina Panthers being interested in Tyrod Taylor. I think a team like the Denver Broncos could be interested in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Tyrod Taylor would not be a bad guy to have at all. Number four, I have Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, again, the high end of the backup, another bridge quarterback. Wouldn't be surprised to see a team like the Washington football team be interested in an Andy Dalton I think Andy Dalton's going to want to go somewhere where he could compete. So again, you have teams like Denver and Carolina who, again, would be interesting picks. The New Orleans Saints, I just, again, with their cap space, could they even swing that? Um, Teams like that all would make sense. Teddy Bridgewater, I have at number three. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, again, could end up back in Denver. I don't see it, but that's, that's a fit that could be there. Teddy Bridgewater also could be willing to take on a role where he can go and compete for a starting job. A guy that I, where I could see Teddy Bridgewater going is a team. I know Cleveland's got Case Keenum under contract, so I don't know that Cleveland would want as big of a name as Teddy Bridgewater coming in at backup. But a guy of Teddy Bridgewater's caliber to come in and compete with Baker Mayfield for the job. I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater specifically, but someone along those talent lines, someone that Baker doesn't feel like he's definitively better than someone who's going to push Baker because even though I have been on record as saying I think Baker Mayfield will rebound and have a successful season next year, you still don't want to guarantee that. You still want to make sure that you bring somebody in who's going to push him and make him compete to get better and somebody along the talent level of a Teddy Bridgewater would be perfect. Um and so would my number two quarterback. My number two quarterback available this upcoming offseason is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Fitzmagic would fit perfectly in Cleveland because Fitzmagic is a competitor. And if Baker Mayfield takes a day off or if Baker Baker Mayfield starts out slow again, Fitzmagic is going to seize on that opportunity. I also, I also think Fitzmagic fits perfectly with his former team, the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins would be smart to at least give Fitz a call. Um I also think Fitz would pick fit perfectly in Detroit. If Detroit chooses not to draft a quarterback this upcoming draft and they stick with Jared Goff, I think Detroit would be wise to bring in a guy like Fitz. If Jared Goff does not get it going, if Jared Goff does not take a step forward, Fitz would be a great play there. My number one quarterback, this is the guy that it's going to be interesting to see where he's at coming off the ACL, and that's Jameis Winston. I've got a team in mind for Jameis because with Jameis coming off the season-ending injury, I'm not sure Jameis is going to get a big-money contract in the offseason. Obviously, the New Orleans Saints could be at play again if he wants to come back. Um, If Tom Brady retires, could the Tampa Bay Buccaneers give him a call? See about a reunion there? Could be interesting. But the team I'm most interested with Jameis Winston would be a team like the Indianapolis Colts. The reason I say the Indianapolis Colts is because if you can get Jameis for cheap, Coming off the injury, if you could get Jameis for cheap, kind of like what the Raiders were able to do with Marcus Mariota a couple of seasons ago, if you could get Jameis Winston for cheap, have him come in and compete with Carson Wentz. 
So that way, if Carson Wentz slips up and he's not playing well, you have the highest end of backups possible in Jameis Winston to come in because the Colts have a playoff roster. So if Carson Wentz isn't getting it done, you could bring in a guy like Jameis Winston and not skip a beat. Now, I will say I don't love the idea of having Carson Wentz and Jameis Winston in the same locker room because they're two of the most volatile quarterbacks in the NFL. And what I mean by that is they are so boomer bust, it's not even funny. But I like the idea of having him go in and compete for a job like that. Some honorable mentions at the quarterback position. We've got Jacoby Brissett. He, of course, was the backup quarterback in Miami this past offseason. He spent some time in New England and Indianapolis as well. Brissett is well entrenched at this point as a backup. He's a solid backup. He can definitely um, take some reps for you. And I wouldn't mind seeing a team with a young quarterback. I think to a team such as the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Chicago Bears, you know, the New York jo- the New York Jets, you know, teams who'd recently drafted quarterbacks high that need a solid backup. I think Jacoby Brissett being a veteran in this league would be a smart play for all of those teams. We also have Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco um, originally signed with the Eagles this past offseason and then was later traded to the New York Jets. I could see a team like the Jets looking to re-sign a Joe Flacco if Flacco's willing to come back. He would be a smart play again. High-end backup, savvy veteran, help teach your young quarterback. I think that would be really smart. My third honorable mention at quarterback is Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota could be interesting for a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's been rumored that the Steelers are not willing to pay big money for a quarterback this offseason. They don't want, they're not really interested in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes or the Russell Wilson sweepstakes or Derek Carr if he was available. They don't want to spend big money. They're content to go into next year with Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph, and a rookie quarterback if they choose to draft one. I think that's a terrible plan. I don't think Mason Rudolph's a starter. I understand maybe you want to let Dwayne Haskins have a chance, but you don't want to roll in to next season with your most viable options being Dwayne Haskins or... Um, a rookie, whether it be Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, or any of those rookies, Marcus Mariota is someone you could probably get on the cheap. And if you don't want to spend a ton of money, Marcus Mariota could be in play there. There's a couple other free agents. Obviously, Cam Newton's going to be there. I think Cam Newton's over his prime. Wouldn't be surprised if Newton hangs it up. Mitch Trubisky, the former first-round pick out of North Carolina, he's going to be there. Is Trubisky in play for the Pittsburgh Steelers? That could be an option. Trubisky spent this past season as the Buck the backup for the Buffalo Bills, is he looking to compete for a starting job again? I'm not saying that he is a viable starter in the NFL, but somebody who maybe could earn a shot with a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. But moving on from the quarterback position, let's hit those running backs next. Looking at the running backs, we start at number five with Melvin Gordon, the former Wisconsin Badger, of course, has spent times with the Chargers and Spent this past season with the Denver Broncos. Melvin Gordon, I think you know what he is at this point. He's not a bell cow back anymore. He's not a Pro Bowl back anymore. He can do some good things in a running back by committee. Um, I expect to see a team like the Arizona Cardinals take a shot at him because the Cardinals, you know, James Conner is a free agent this offseason. You know, do the Cardinals want to take a look at him? It's all going to really depend on Melvin Gordon's asking price. How much is Melvin looking to make? You know, if Melvin still wants big money at the running back position, which I would hope that Melvin Gordon realizes that he's not worth that anymore. But if he were to push for that, you know, that could be an issue. Melvin Gordon made $8 million this past season. He's not worth $8 million anymore, but 
Interesting to see where he goes. At four, we've got the great pass-catching back for the New England Patriots, James White, another former Wisconsin Badger. Um, James White may be a kind of controversial pick here at four, but why I have James White here is he is such a good pass-catching back. And in today's league, you need pass-catching backs. I think James White, for one... I think James White probably would stay in New England, but there's no guarantee that New England's going to pay a James White. They've got a ton of running backs on the roster, whether it's Damian Harris, Ramadre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden, putting running backs already there in New England. If James White were to move on, I think putting him somewhere like with a Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, you've got Joe Mixon who can run the football really well. You give Joe Burrow a receiving back like James White. And I think that looks really well. And if Tom Brady were to come back, obviously Tom Brady's going to want to have a guy like James White in Tampa Bay could be interesting there. And number three, we've got a running back from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that being Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, kind of a volatile back, kind of an interesting back. I still think there's potential with Leonard Fournette. That's why I have him at three. I think Leonard Fournette, though, is going to have to go to a team that's A, not going to pay him very much, but B, sees some potential there. Teams I'm thinking of are teams like the Los Angeles Rams, a team that has other running backs there, so Fournette's not the main bell cow back. You know, look at the Rams. They have Daryl Henderson. They have Cam Akers. Sony Michelle's an upcoming free agent, so Fournette could kind of slide in as one of those three backs there, and it's almost, it's, it's a, you know, if he hits, great. If he doesn't, not the end of the world. So I do like Leonard Fournette, though. I think there's a lot of potential there. And number two, another kind of controversial one, I have Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson's probably more well-known as being a wide receiver. Um, he's been a wide receiver with the Chicago Bears, with the New England Patriots. Um, definitely been around the league, but he slid into the running back position this past season for the Atlanta Falcons and played really well and showed a lot of versatility because obviously having those receiver traits, he can catch the football really well, but he's also very dynamic and elusive out of the backfield. I think Cordero Patterson's another guy that a lot of teams would love to have just because of the versatility he's going to bring. I Again, I think a team like the Los Angeles Rams would love to get their hands on him. The type of plays that Sean McVay could draw up with him would be extremely innovative. Um, I don't think he fits in with a team like the San Francisco 49ers because they already have a guy like this in Debo Samuel. But I think anybody who's looking to kind of emulate that type of system, that could be an appealing guy. I know the Green Bay Packers have three decent running backs there with Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Kylan Hill. But if they were to convince Aaron Rodgers to come back, would Rodgers like a weapon like that? Could be interesting to see there. And my number one available free agent running back is James Conner. Um, I think James Conner had a big time rebound out there in Atlanta this year. I think Atlanta would be wise to try to re-sign him. If Atlanta doesn't, though, there's going to be quite a few suitors looking for a back like James Conner. He showed that he's still a good pass catcher. He showed that a lot of the issues he had in Pittsburgh, I think, were on that offensive line. I think James Conner will have plenty of suitors. Some of the honorable mention running backs we have, we've got Marlon Mack of the Indianapolis Colts. He's kind of just you know, he's not a bad running back. He just rushed for a thousand yards just a couple seasons ago, but Marlon Mack, A, has been played with injuries and B, they've got Jonathan Taylor there now. I would, if they do re-sign him, it's going to be for peanuts because they also have Naheem Hines there as their pass catching back. We've also got David Johnson, the former Arizona Cardinal, of course, playing with the Houston Texans now. David Johnson, again, kind of passed his prime. 
what I could see a guy like David Johnson being is a guy who at this point wants a ring. I know he's not super old, but he's been around for a little bit now. I uh, came into the league in 2015 out of Northern Iowa. So I could see David Johnson looking for a ring at this point. Um, another honorable mention running back. We've got Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert came onto the scene really in that 2019 playoff run by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Mostert, has kind of diminished his role obviously in San Francisco has diminished greatly with them drafting two running backs this past season, Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon. So interesting to see if Raheem Moster has a market and also wanted to throw in former first round pick out of the university of Georgia, Sony Michelle, again, kind of going to be a guy who probably won't have a large market, but some of these teams who have established running back by committees, I think specifically of a team like the Denver Broncos. Um, I don't think the Broncos are going to pay Melvin Gordon and re-sign him. They traded away Royce Freeman in the offseason, so um, could the Broncos look to bring in a guy like a Moster or a Sony Michelle to have running back by committee with Javante Williams? Let's look at the wide receiver position. The wide receiver position, I will tell you, this is a great wide receiver free agent class. Starting at number five, I have AJ Green there, and I think that is going to probably be one of the more con controversial picks is the fact that I still think AJ Green has a lot in the tank. Um, I think AJ Green would be wise to resign with the Cardinals. I think he had a great year for the Cardinals, had over 800 yards, um, was not asked to be the main guy. The Cardinals had other receiving weapons, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, um, Rondale Moore, their rookie out of Purdue, showed up nicely. I think AJ Green, if he's not asked to be the main guy, AJ Green is a great second or third option at this point in his career. I think a team like the New England Patriots could be interested in AJ Green again. He's a big body receiver, could definitely be a friend to a young quarterback like a Mac Jones. I think AJ Green's still very appealing. At number four, I have Juju Smith Schuster. Um, Juju's coming off the shoulder surgery. He obviously was able to get healthy enough to play in the playoff game. Big questions are going to be, is Juju going to take another one-year prove-it deal to prove he's healthy? Um, obviously didn't get to really prove much this year, missed most of the year with a shoulder injury. Would he go back to a Pittsburgh? Or now that Big Ben's moving on, is Juju's loyalty to Pittsburgh kind of done and over with? Obviously, he was courted by both the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. This past offseason, I think Kansas City would be wise to go get a guy like Juju, pair him with a Tyreek Hill, have another receiving option. I have stated before, I think Kansas City needs a solid number two receiver. I think Kansas City was at their best when Sammy Watkins was there. So I think a guy like Juju would fit perfectly for them. And number three, we've got another guy coming off injury. We've got Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Godwin is a tremendous talent. A lot of it's just going to be getting healthy coming off the knee injury. Um, with that being said, is Godwin going to want to take a one-year prove-it deal coming off the injury? Or is he going to look for the big market contract? Um, I don't know that Tampa Bay is going to be able to re-sign him just given their financial situation. They just committed a ton of money to defensive tackle Vita Vea. Um, so if Godwin were not to re-sign with them, obviously he's going to want to go somewhere that's going to air it out, sling the football. Um, I think Godwin's going to want to win too. He's tasted victory down there in Tampa Bay and he's going to want to keep winning. I think obviously... I if Derek Carr is still in Las Vegas, I think Las Vegas would be smart to try and get a guy like Chris Godwin because Derek Carr is at his best when he has a legit deep threat. Before the Henry Ruggs debacle happened and Henry Ruggs was able to be on the field for the Raiders, Derek Carr looked really well. And when the Henry Ruggs debacle did happen, you know, 
the Raiders tried to supplement that by bringing in Deshaun Jackson, and Jackson's just passed his prime. I think the Philadelphia Eagles would also be wise to be in on any of these receivers because outside of Devontae Smith, the Eagles don't have a receiver that's really striking fear in anybody. And if they want to see what they have in Jalen Hurts, they have to put talent around Jalen Hurts. At number two, I've got Allen Robinson, um, the Chicago Bear who played on the franchise tag this year. And don't look at Allen Robinson's stats this season. If you look at his stats, they're not the most impressive, but you have to understand that the Bears were not throwing the football a ton because whatever Matt Nagy was running was just silly. Um, I think Allen Robinson is still a tremendous wide receiver. I think a lot of teams would be happy to have him. I think Jacksonville fans wish they still had him. Um, I know a lot of Cleveland Browns fans who would like to see Allen Robinson in Cleveland. I think he would be Baker Mayfield's best friend. I just don't know that the Browns are going to be able to pay the money that Allen Robinson's going to command on the open market. I think you're going to have to have quite a bit of cap space. That's why if Allen Robinson is not content on playing necessarily for a win-now team, don't be surprised if some of these big, you know, teams with a lot of cap space like the Jacksonville Jaguars make a play at Allen Robinson because, I mean, Allen Robinson would help Trevor Lawrence's development, like, just exponentially. Would be a, a massive reunion for Trevor Lawrence's development. My number one available wide receiver this offseason, no surprise to you, it's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is maybe the best receiver in the league. Obviously, anytime he's going to be a free agent, he's going to be the best one available. Um, in my opinion, Devontae Adams is going to be a package deal with Aaron Rodgers. Wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, that's where Devontae Adams is going to go. Um, so if Devontae Adams chooses to come back to Green Bay, I could see Aaron Rodgers coming back if he chooses not to. And let's say he goes to like a, you know Denver. Yeah, maybe Rodgers goes to Denver if he were to go somewhere Rodgers didn't want to go, I'm going to guess Rodgers probably retires. And I know some of you are asking, well, isn't Rodgers a free agent? Rodgers isn't a free agent, but the way Rodgers' contract is structured, Rodgers pretty much has the ability to get out of that deal at any point in time. So technically not a free agent, but um, he'll make himself one if he wants to be. Some honorable mention wide receivers. We've got Jamison Crowder, the current wide receiver for the New York Jets. Jamison Crowder is probably the best number three receiver in the NFL. Um, a lot of teams who have decent one and twos would be really happy to have a Jamison Crowder. I think a team like the Buffalo Bills could like a guy like a Jamison Crowder because I think he would fit in nicely with the receiving core they built there with Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley, uh, Stephon Diggs. I think a team like the Minnesota Vikings would be wise to try and get in on a guy like Jamison Crowder. He would fit in perfectly with an Adam Thielen and a Justin Jefferson because the Vikings need that number three receiver. I think a Jamison Crowder would be perfect there. Um, we also have T.Y. Hilton. T.Y.'s past his prime at this point, definitely dealt with a lot of injuries, but when healthy, T.Y.'s still a solid option. Be interesting to see if he re-signs with the Colts or not. Also got Emmanuel Sanders. He's of course in Buffalo this year. Not sure if Buffalo will bring him back. I think at this point, Sanders is playing for contenders and contenders only. That's why I could see Emmanuel Sanders looking at a team like the Baltimore Ravens, who definitely need wide receiver help. Also looking at a team like the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. I, the reason I didn't put Mike Williams on the list, if I'm being honest, I expect the Chargers to re-sign Mike Williams. I don't think the Chargers are going to let a 
favorite target of Justin Herbert walk. I expect the Chargers to make a play to re-sign Mike Williams. And the other receiver I did want to briefly mention is Odell Beckham Jr. He is technically a free agent, but I expect Odell to be back with the Los Angeles Rams. I think Odell realizes that he is having a ton of success out there in LA. I could see Odell taking a one-year prove-it deal to show that he can put together an entire season of this production and be a solid contributor on a team like the Rams for an entire season to completely nullify any argument of what well, was Odell's fault in Cleveland. So I don't really think Odell will be on the market. Moving on, though, from the receivers, let's take a look at those tight ends. Another pretty solid group of free agents at the tight end position. Starting at number five, I have Mike Jacecki. Um, He is, of course, the tight end for the Miami Dolphins, the former Penn State Nittany Lion. I think Jacecki's coming into his own as a tight end. Um, I think that if the Dolphins are smart, they don't let Jacecki walk because he is a solid weapon for a young quarterback like Tua Tagovailoa to have. Um, I think all young quarterbacks need a tight end of that talent. If he were to walk, though, a team like the Carolina Panthers definitely need a tight end. Ian Thomas has never worked out for them. I think a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars would be smart. They don't really have a true tight end on their roster. Um, I know they went and got Dan Arnold. Um, so, but they, they could definitely use a tight end. Uh, I think Jaguars, uh, Panthers, Jets, really any of these young teams that don't have an established tight end, you'd be smart to go get a guy like Jacecki. Uh, David Njoku at number four at the tight end position, the former Miami Hurricane, of course, playing with the Cleveland Browns. Njoku has been off and on on requesting trades for like the past two off seasons. It'll be interesting to see if he were to walk this off season. I've been on record as saying I expect the Browns to cut Austin Hooper. I don't think he's played up to the big contract they've given him. And if they were to cut Austin Hooper, I think they'd be wise to make sure they lock up Njoku with that money because I think Njoku is a physical freak. At number three, I've got Rob Gronkowski. I will tell you right now, if Gronk does come back next year, it's only if Tom Brady comes back. If Tom Brady retires, Gronk's retiring because Tom Brady and Gronk are a package deal. Gronk's not going to play anywhere that Tom Brady's not at, you know, when Gronk was still in New England, Gronk had worn out his welcome with Bill Belichick, and Belichick was tired of him. So Belichick had a deal in place to trade Gronk to the Detroit Lions, and Gronk said, screw that, I'll just retire. So Gronk's not going to go anywhere without Tom Brady. It's pretty well known. At number two, I've got Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is, of course, a Philadelphia Eagles legend. He was traded to the Arizona Cardinals during the season this past year. And I think the Cardinals would be wise to keep a guy like Zach Ertz. Again, young quarterback, Kyler Murray. What's essential to a young quarterback's success? Having a tight end that you trust. You think of some of the great quarterbacks and, you know, or just even good quarterbacks and tight ends they've had. You look at Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had Dallas Clark, great tight end for many years. You look, Jason Witten was huge helping Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. You look at Eli Manning, had Jeremy Shockey, and Jeremy Shockey was a very solid tight end for a number of years. Tom Brady's obviously had Gronk, Ben Watson, Martellus Bennett, several really good tight ends there. So I think, again, Kyler Murray would be wise to keep Zach Ertz in Arizona. At number one, this one might surprise you guys, but I have CJ Uzama, the tight end of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think CJ Uzama is going to take another big step forward next season. And I think by the end of next season, CJ Uzama could be 
firmly at the number five tight end of the league. Obviously, I think Travis Kelsey is number one. I've got some sort of, you know, order with a guy like Kittle, a guy like Waller, you know, obviously George Kittle, Darren Waller. And then Uzama could slide in right around that range. I would probably, I still have Mark Andrews in front of Uzama, but I think Uzama could very well be five by the end of next season. Um, Again, Cincinnati, you got to re-sign him. Cincinnati has nothing else at the tight end position outside of CJ Uzama. I know they have Drew Sample on the roster, but you don't want Drew Sample to be your number one tight end. I don't expect CJ Uzama to leave Cincinnati. Some honorable mention tight ends. We do have a pair of former first round picks being Evan Ingram out of Ole Miss. Uh, was obviously a first round pick of the New York Giants. Hasn't really panned out, but he does have a lot of athleticism. I could see a team, again, young quarterback, take a shot on him. Um, I can see the Minnesota Vikings, there's not a lot of cap space. So if Evan Ingram's looking for a big deal, probably not in play there. But if he's not, could be a nice guy to mix in there. Obviously, their former second-round tight end, Irv Smith Jr., coming off a torn ACL. And this, again, an Evan Ingram could be a nice flyer for a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, if he's willing to take a cheaper deal, could be a nice guy. Another guy who could be a nice flyer pick for some of these, you know, Tight end needy teams is an OJ Howard, former first round pick out of Alabama. Um, kind of got buried on the depth chart there in Tampa Bay behind Cameron Bray and Rob Gronkowski. OJ Howard, there's definitely some traits to like there. Um, I think if he was your number two tight end, that might not be the worst thing in the world. I think sp- specifically to a team like the Detroit Lions who have a well-entrenched number one tight end in TJ Hawkinson. If you put Hawkinson and OJ Howard together, that could be a nice little receiving combo. Um, also, Eric Ebron. I don't think the Steelers have a need to re-sign Ebron. I think that Pat Fryermuth has put himself squarely as the number one tight end there. I just don't think you need to spend the money to re-sign Ebron. Uh, Jared Cook played it this past season with the Chargers, just a solid veteran tight end. I could see a team like the Tennessee Titans, who obviously were hurt by Jonu Smith leaving this past offseason to go to New England. I could see a team like the Tennessee Titans looking for a guy like a Jared Cook. could also see the Titans interested in Gerald Everett, the former Los Angeles Ram out of the University of South Alabama. Uh, played this past season in Seattle. Didn't have great production, but obviously Seattle had the issues at quarterback with Russell Wilson being out. I could see a guy like Gerald Everett being of interest to the Tennessee Titans. Moving on to our last position group, we have the offensive linemen. I will tell you, I did not break the offensive linemen down to guard, center, and tackle. I just did them all as one lumped-in group of O-linemen. At number five, I have offensive tackle Trent Brown. He has been uh, tackling New England this past season. Um, Also, you know, he's spent time in New England before, was also with the Raiders. Trent Brown, Trent Brown is a massive human being, um, pretty solid tackle, uh, definitely could do a lot worse at tackle. I think there are several teams who would enjoy a Trent Brown. I could see New England A bringing him back because you want to make sure you have a solid line for your young quarterback. I could see the New York Jets, the New York Giants. Um, teams like that, Carolina Panthers, all make a play out of Trent Brown. And number four, I've got center Jason Kelsey. Um, Jason Kelsey, of course, has been the longtime center of the Philadelphia Eagles. I would like to think Jason Kelsey will be back in Philadelphia. I just don't see Jason Kelsey wanting to play for another franchise. But if the Eagles were to move on, if Howie Long were to say, um, you know, not Howie Long, Howie Roseman, if Howie Roseman were to say, we're not going to re-sign him, we need to get younger at positions, we're going to move on from him, I 
think a team like the Cincinnati Bengals need to give a guy like Jason Kelsey a call. Obviously, you know, Jason Kelsey is the older brother of Travis Kelsey. The Kelseys are from the Cleveland, Ohio area. Of course, they went to the University of Cincinnati. So very familiar with the Cincinnati area. Um, the Bengals definitely have a need at the center position. They started rookie center Trey Hopkins out of Georgia this past season. That was a disaster. I think Jason, Jason Kelsey would be amazing for um, Joe Burrow. Another center who would be a nice pickup for the Cincinnati Bengals is who I have at number three, and that is Ryan Jensen. He is the starting center of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers currently. And really the only reason I have Jensen ahead of Kelsey is because he is a couple years younger than Kelsey. And so age is going to be a factor when we're talking about offensive linemen because linemen just don't have as long of a shelf life as some of your other positions in the NFL. Um, Ryan Jensen is one of the better centers in the NFL as well. Um, again, Cincinnati would do very well to go get a Ryan Jensen. I, I think Cincinnati has to prioritize offensive line. I don't think Cincinnati can afford to try to rebuild their offensive line through the draft either. They've done that in the past. They've thrown darts at the board on the offensive line through the draft. You know, you look, they drafted Jackson Carmen out of Clemson in the second round. He got benched. That's how bad he was playing. They're starting Isaiah Prince at right tackle now, and Isaiah Prince has been a walking disaster at right tackle. So, they have just got to, they have the cap space. They have over $60 million in cap space this upcoming season. They have to be willing to spend it. I think the Bengals have to get two, at least two of the better offensive linemen in this free agent class. Um, I think another guy who would be really good in Cincinnati, I know I'm pairing everybody with Cincinnati, but that's how bad their offensive line is, um, is my number two pick, and that's Brandon Sheriff, the guard for the Washington football team. I think another team Sheriff would pick would fit in well with though is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers had some terrible guard play this year, whether it was, you know, Trey Turner, the former Carolina Panther and Los Angeles charger, uh, Kevin Dotson played some guard for them this year. Um, they, they need to upgrade the guard position for whoever they have playing quarterback. They need to upgrade a lot of their offensive line, but the guard play was some of the worst we've seen in the NFL. Um, Brandon Sheriff would fit in really nicely there. And my number one offensive lineman available is Teron Armstead, the left tackle for the New Orleans Saints. And like I said, I don't think New Orleans is going to have the cap space to resign him. Teron Armstead fits in just about everywhere because he's one of the best left tackles in football. There's not too many teams who wouldn't like to have a Teron Armstead. You know, even a team like the Las Vegas Raiders, who have a pretty good left tackle in Colton Miller, you would pick up a Teron Armstead in a heartbeat because you can slide Colton Miller over to the right side, kick Brandon Parker to the bench, slide Teron Armstead in and have him start. The Pittsburgh Steelers would love to have a Teron Armstead because even if you think Dan Moore or is a viable option at left tackle, kick him over to, you know, right tackle, put a core of four on the bench or vice versa. Keep a core of four at right tackle, put Dan Moore on the bench. It really doesn't matter. Teron Armstead would fit in perfectly there. I think he'd fit in perfectly in Cincinnati. Like we said, you could kick Jonah Williams over to right tackle, put Teron Armstead at left tackle and make Isaiah Prince just obsolete at this point. Um, a lot of teams, Teron Armstead would help exponentially. Uh, honorable mentions, we've got guard Andrew Norwell, who's been playing in Jacksonville. I'm not sure the Jaguars are going to want to give him a big contract. Um, I think the Jaguars are also a team 
not to mention that could be in the offensive lineman sweepstakes. They've got quite a few linemen in free agency. Um, Norwell is one of my honorable mentions. Obviously, another honorable mention I have is offensive tackle Cam Robinson, who is their left tackle. He played on the franchise tag this past season at the tune of $15 million. I don't think they're going to bring Cam Robinson back, especially because in limited time, their second round pick tackle Walker Little out of Stanford showed some promise. Um, but Jaguars could be, I don't know that the Jaguars will spend big money necessarily on any of the top five guys, but you could definitely see them make a play at some of these middle level guys. Um, some other notable, you know, honorable mention guys on the offensive line, center Matt Paradis, former Denver Bronco. He's most recently been with the Carolina Panthers for the past several years. Just a solid veteran center. Um, again, a team like Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not known to spend a ton of money. This past offseason was one of their bigger spending sprees. I could see him with a team like Cincinnati. I could see him with a team like Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh has decided that maybe Kendrick Green needs to slide over to guard, could definitely see Paradis fitting in nicely there. Um, we also got tackled Nate Solder. I don't think the Giants are going to re-sign Solder because, for one, you drafted Andrew Thomas in the first round. You also have Matt Parrott. Um, your former third round pick out of UConn. I think they'll move on from Solder. Solder is a solid veteran left tackle. I think he fits in really nicely with the team like the Las Vegas Raiders. Like I said, you just got to get Brandon Parker on the bench. Could also see Solder, if he's willing to sign for cheap, could see Solder playing for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, the reason I say that is because Andrew Whitworth is 40 and is Andrew Whitworth going to be back next year? A couple other tackles uh, rounding out the offensive line free agent class. We've got Dwayne Brown, the left tackle for the Seattle Seahawks. Really, that one's just going to come down to is Russell Wilson going to be back or not? Because if Russell Wilson moves on from Seattle, I expect Seattle to embrace a full rebuild. And in that instance, I don't expect Seattle to bring Dwayne Brown back. Um, also, offensive tackle Eric Fisher, um, currently playing left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts, former number one overall pick out of Central Michigan, has also played with the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, both those guys, veteran left tackles who would fit in nicely with a ton of football teams. Um, the Jets, the Washington football team, all would be wise. I mean, we didn't even mention the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, for as bad as Cincinnati's offensive line is, for as bad as Pittsburgh's offensive line is, Miami's is right up there, maybe even worse. So Miami would just be wise to call all of these guys and see if they could, you know, call all of them. And if only two come, Miami's better than what they have been. Um, but those are the upcoming free agents and where I have them ranked. Let me know what you guys think. Obviously, I know that there's going to be some disagreements. I expect that wide receiver position to be a hot topic. But let me know what you guys think. Like I always say, rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. We'll be back Friday with the conference championship previews. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Take care, and we'll see you later.